This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are this week just thinking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is an event that literally changed the course of human history. Mm. Um, The death of Jesus Christ would mean nothing without his resurrection. Um, The resurrection is the Father's um, acceptance of the work of Jesus Christ. He was raised for our justification. Um, So it's it's the Father saying that he is accepting the work of his Son in the place of his people and putting his seal of approval on the work of Jesus Christ. And and then declaring us right before God on the basis of that. And Paul says that if there is no resurrection, we are to be pitied among all men. Mm -hmm. So without the resurrection, the rest of it wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully as we go through the resurrection accounts and Jesus' appearance, appearing to people post-resurrection, you will begin to understand more and more fully um, the significance of this work, not just as an historical account, which it is, and we want you to believe it that it is, that these are things that actually transpired. And then to move from that and say, okay, and so what? What difference does that make that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? So today we are going to continue kind of where we left off yesterday. We looked at um, John 20, verses 1 through 18 yesterday. Today we're going to look at verses 19 through 29. Okay, John twenty nineteen. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my fingers in the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my side. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So here we have resurrection evening, at least for the first part of this, where Jesus is appearing to 
the disciples. So let's just take the, the first part of this. When he appears to the disciples, where, what is the significance of this moment of Jesus appearing to the ten? Um, so Judas has, has hung himself, and Thomas is not with them. So there's the ten disciples in this room. I, you know, let me just tie the first two, those two appearances together for just a moment. They, you know, it's eight, you know, essentially the days apart uh, here. Each of the appearances of the Lord to his disciples that are recorded like this occur on Sunday, which is one of the reasons why we worship on Sunday, the Lord's Day. You had mentioned that the other day on the air, you know, the, the Old Testament faithful saints worshiped at the, on the seventh day of the week. We worship on the first. One looks forward to rest. Jesus has accomplished rest for his people. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's kind of important that we see the, the appearances um, in light of, the, of, of our worship on Sunday. But getting back to your question, which was? <laughs> <laughs> what is significant about through. this appearing of Jesus Christ to the ten? It's, they're eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Christ. I mean, it, it, it fulfills everything that Jesus had taught and set them up for, yet they struggled to believe in being even convinced of seeing the empty tomb. So th- this is the, the other shoe dropping, is they've seen the empty tomb, and now they see the person of Jesus um, appear before them. One of the th- neat things, uh, and John tells us a couple times, is the doors were locked. The disciples are scared and fearful, and Jesus appears regardless of that, and then one of the things I also enjoy about this is the the three times he proclaims peace to them mm-hmm. twice here in the first occurrence. And then the second time uh, that's the first uh, commission or blessing Jesus gives after the resurrection is peace, like reconciliation between you and God has resulted now because of the final work of the atonement. Yeah. This is the uh, peace proclaimed at his birth. And this is now peace. He's complaining uh, or complaining, um, proclaiming there we go. <laughs> to his disciples. And I also, I think the reaction of the disciples is, is heartwarming in this first one. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you're, you're there, you're for fear of your life and you're locked in a room. And then all of a sudden, uh, your teacher and Lord that you just know has been crucified, dead and buried suddenly appears and mm-hmm. he has the marks in his hands and his side still. And they're glad you know, it says disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And but, that gladness, I think, is it's heartwarming. And tying together um, Luke 24, it says, you know, he, he's showing them his hands and his feet. And it says, and while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, <laughs> you know, there's a, I mean, there, there, you know, they were, there, there was a, a joy and a disbelief that is mingled together. I mean, it's like, you know, this, this proof is just coming upon them. In their in their state of disbelief, where they they can't hardly believe it, it's yeah. it's just that amazement. I can't hardly believe. There there's so much tenderness in this whole interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, as Vinny was saying, they they are scared. I mean, mm-hmm. and I I think we have to really truly understand just the depth of that fear. I mean, here you have they have followed Jesus Christ for for three years. Jesus Christ has fearlessly taken on. The religious establishment of the day, they have felt untouchable yeah. um, because they're under the the constant care of Jesus Christ, 
and he's now gone. The yeah. fact that they've regathered is is one of the remarkable things because we, you know on the night that Jesus was betrayed, you know, in the in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, <clears throat> when he was taken, they scattered. Mm-hmm. They they went in all directions, and now they've regathered here. As a group, but still, still fearful. Yeah, they've watched their master become a victim of a religious political murder conspiracy between mm-hmm. Jews and the Roman government to accomplish that. They've seen people that they thought were leaders and true Israelites betray that for the sake of murdering Christ. I mean, there's all of that we can miss in reading the text every year. And there's there's real fear, and Jesus comes and proclaims peace to them. And the and the one disciple that was at the cross was John. It doesn't. We were not told that. All of them were there. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that he not only proclaims peace, but he is so gracious and says, here, let me let me show you my hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. Like, how unnecessary is that, really? Yeah. Here's Jesus standing among them. Yeah. Yeah. But he, 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 he's showing them the physicality of his yeah. death, the demonstration that he's not some apparition. In fact, in Luke, he, he's, he even asked them, do you have anything to eat? Yep. Um, yeah. You know, he's going he's gonna to show them that he's a, a physical body. Because the, the temptation would be for them to, if Jesus doesn't over-demonstrate his humanity, his, the fact that he truly is among them, the tendency is going to be that somehow we, we imagine this. Yeah. This is a ghost. This is whoever, whatever. There's so much fear, and Jesus is trying to say, no, no, I'm really here among you. I'm not only proclaiming peace, I, I want you to know this is me. But then he goes on. There's this Trinitarian aspect to this. It's, mm-hmm. it's the sun appearing, as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. Yep. And he mm-hmm. breathed on them the Holy Spirit. Um, what, what a wonder for, the, for this, quote, early church to have a Trinitarian um, encounter on the first mm-hmm. day, on, mm-hmm. on, the, on Resurrection Sunday, if you will. This is what they get, is a Trinitarian interaction with mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we see mission, we see new life. We see empowerment, confidence, and all the things that we want to have as believers as we walk with every day is present on the first Sunday. Everything we're trying to accomplish uh, when we gather on the Sundays now, uh, we see here on the first Sunday. And I I think we can, yes, we have to be careful. This is an event that happened to these early disciples, so we don't want to be too aggressive and, and say everything that he specifically said to them absolutely applies in every exact way to us. But I think there are some principles that do apply, Mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ wants us to rejoice in his resurrection, to be sure of that resurrection, to have the confidence that he truly did rise from the the dead. Mm -hmm. And I think Paul tries to demonstrate this in, in 1 Corinthians 15, that you can be sure because of these things. But I think he wants us also to say, that we also are, as Vinny was saying, are on mission. As the Father has sent Jesus Christ, so he is sending, yes, the early disciples because of, and you see that in the book of Acts, and I don't want to oversimplify this and say that we are in the same position as the early disciples. No, but yes. And the yes is that we still have the great commission that is a call to us to go and proclaim, to, to say, no, we are on a mission to proclaim the risen Christ. The mission of making disciples continues until the return of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. It's, and the, the idea of proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes continues for all disciples living everywhere at all times. Mm-hmm. 
And I also think that the whole idea of you receive the Holy Spirit, and then that interesting line in verse 23, what, why is that there? If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. What, what, does, what is this talking about? Well, it's similar to it's, um, it's, um, when Matthew records Peter's confession and uh, Jesus there gives him the keys of the kingdom. It's yeah. It's uh, one of the ways we can look at this is that, you know, it's it's not that our actions actually remove sin or forgive sin or anything like that. It's we're recognizing something that's been done or a spiritual reality that is in heaven. So um, if you know, we, we it, he it, is it's not the, our power. Yeah. yeah. He is, in essence, sending out his church with this, and you know the things, the marks of the of the church. One of those marks is uh, discipline, is uh, calling people into account, and if they if and and holding them to account of the things that God has uh, taught. I, I don't want to be too aggressive, but I actually think these are the two keys of the kingdom being given to the church mm-hmm. on Resurrection Evening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. The preaching of the word and, and of discipline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this. Christ is establishing his church. That's right. On the day his of his body. resurrection. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a what a wonder. What an absolute wonder. And so there is so much despising of the church today. But if you think about it, this was on the forefront mm-hmm. of the mind of Christ mm-hmm. on the day he rose from the dead. Yeah. As he's establishing his church. And I, I find great comfort in that, mm-hmm. yep. that the church was not established by man. The, the church was so important to Christ that he wanted it established on the very day that he rose from the dead. We'll talk more about this. We'll actually deal with Thomas tomorrow, and we will see you then. <laughs>